Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 367 for the week of June 9th, 2014. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with the coming week's astrological forecast and regularly feature listener emails, recorded listener consultations, and interviews with other astrologers. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. We have a short show for you this week. We alternate long and short shows usually. And so we're going to start with the next seven days forecast, give you a sneak preview into the following week. And then we're going to do a part one listener chart for a lady named Hillary. And we're going to look at how the current Grand Trine Kite uh, getting into action this week is affecting her nodal axis. So that's what's on tap this week. Relax, settle in, and let's get into this week's forecast. What's new this week? We have a Sagittarius full moon, a Mars-Pluto square, Saturn Trine Chiron. We've got a couple of aspect patterns. We have a T-square with Ceres, Uranus, and Pluto hitting its final peak. And we have a new aspect pattern, a kite with that Jupiter, Chiron, Saturn, Grand Trine augmented by Venus to make a kite point. In addition, we've got three Neptune events, and Venus is doing three events herself as well. So let's dive into our individual days of the week in just a moment to find out more about that. But first, let's get the old stuff out of the way. We still have a waxing moon. We have three retrograde planets, Mercury through July 1st, as well as Saturn and Pluto retrograde. And we have four aspect patterns remaining. There's a uh, T-square with Ceres, another one with Vesta. They both involve Uranus and Pluto. That grand trine I mentioned with Jupiter, Chiron, and Saturn through June 24th. And one I've been neglecting to mention, I'm so sorry, a Mars-Uranus-Pluto T-square. That vestige from the Cardinal Grand Cross has been with us since April 4th and will peak on the 19th of June and stay with us through July 3rd. There's a lot of intensity in the air these days. A lot of people have been commenting on it to me. Why are things so intense when I thought the Grand Cross was over? But hey, that Mars-Uranus-Pluto T-square is uh, heating up again. Uh, we'll peak on June 19th, and that's a lot of why things are a little chaotic and crazy and unpredictable more than usual. So that's the old stuff. So let's now move to our individual days of the week. Our first event on Monday, June 9th, is the moon entering Scorpio. That's happening at 6.39 a.m., and that ends the void moon that began on Sunday. The moon in Scorpio will radiate the energies of intensity, passion, transformation, sexuality, occult practices, psychology, detective work, investigation, all Scorpio themes. Next up here on Monday, we have Neptune turning retrograde, and it's going to stay retrograde through November 16 for over five months. During this time, reflect on how much you're embodying divine consciousness and manifesting your creative inspiration. Also take note if you're tempted by or engaging in Neptune's dark side, substance abuse, excessive escapism, playing the martyr or aimless drifting. Neptune is stationing at 7 degrees, 35 minutes Pisces. 
This most strongly affects sensitive natal points between 4 and 11 degrees in the mutable signs Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Take note of whether the themes represented by these natal points in your chart are being spiritualized or dissolved. On Tuesday, June 10th, we have a Moon-Saturn conjunction around 2.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. So for a few hours either side of that, Saturnian energy will be strong. That means you can get a lot done, be productive and efficient and manage your time well and be mature and responsible. Uh, It could also mean feelings of depression or introversion, which Saturn can also bring about. So be mindful of making good use of that energy. We also have a void moon here on Tuesday that's kicking off at 10.22 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. On Wednesday, June 11th, we end the void moon that began last night on Tuesday with the moon's entry into Sagittarius at 11.24 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. The moon in Sag is the energy of celebration, hope, joy, optimism, perhaps an increased interest in religion or philosophy or the meaning of life or foreign cultures or foreign travel. Also today, here on Wednesday, we have Jupiter sesquiquadrate Neptune. And Jupiter is at 23 Cancer, and Neptune's around 8 Pisces. A sesquiquadrate, in case you don't know, is 135 degrees, a square and a half. It's also known as a sesquisquare. The urge for a more direct experience of the divine may be arising within you, as Jupiter makes the sesquiquadrate to Neptune. This aspect can also fuel euphoric celebration and amplified inspiration. With Jupiter in Cancer, watch whether your connections with specific family members are being strengthened or dissolved. This aspect will be in play for the next two weeks. On Thursday, June 12th, we have Neptune opposing Pallas Athena. Neptune, 8 Pisces. Pallas Athena, 8 Virgo. This is our third Neptune event of the week. And it's, of course, opposing Pallas Athena. Her primary themes are feminine assertiveness, strategic cunning, and practical creativity. Neptune can provide either flowing inspiration or clouded judgment in these areas. You'll get more inspiration if you remain open to your inner guidance. Friday, June 13th, full moon! It lights the sky at 12.12 a.m. early in the morning here in the eastern time zone of the U.S., and it will be exactly at 22 degrees, 5 minutes Sagittarius. That's where the moon will be. This lunation invites reflection on religion, life's meaning, higher learning, and foreign cultures. If your life doesn't feel like a quest full of expansiveness and exuberance, how can you move it in that direction? Let's look at the aspects. We have a square between Chiron and the moon. This suggests that you might be wise to seek healing and mentoring in the areas I just mentioned, if you feel challenged. And there's also a quincunx from Jupiter that suggests that a significant adjustment might be helpful in relation to those themes. The full moon Sabian symbol is a group of immigrants fulfilling the requirements for entering a new country. This suggests getting ready for the next stage of your own personal journey, wherever it may lead you. The void is created by the full moon, so that's happening also at 12, 12 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, and it wraps up uh, about 12 hours later as the moon enters Capricorn at 1.05 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. I guess that's more like 13 hours. The moon in Capricorn, all that stuff I just said about the moon in Saturn, same deal. Capricorn and Saturn have the same meaning. 
So Moon conjunct Capricorn for the next two and a half days. Good time to be uh, work-focused, productive, responsible, mature, good time management, act the wise elder. And again, a caution about uh, watching out for depression or excessive isolation is also appropriate. We have even more going on here on this Friday. We have a T-square peaking. This is the T-square we've talked about before with Ceres, Uranus, and Pluto. And this is its second peak and final peak. Um, This T-square focuses the energy of revolutionary transformation into the themes of abundance, self-esteem, mother-daughter relationships, and release and return. It started on May 8th, hit its first peak on June 1st, second peak is today, and it ends on June 20th. And then we have yet another aspect pattern. This one's just starting. It's based on the existing Grand Trine between Jupiter, Chiron, and Saturn, but we add Venus as a kite point. So Venus kicks off a five-day stimulation of this waning Grand Trine with Jupiter, Chiron, and Saturn. She also adds a new layer of meaning to this powerful aspect pattern as she becomes its focal point. As a refresher, the Jupiter-Chiron-Saturn Grand Trine features Chiron, the wounded healer, aspecting the social planets Jupiter and Saturn. This aspect pattern started on April 20th, it peaked on May 20th, and it will end on June 24th. This Grand Trine provides assistance for mentoring and healing. With Chiron and Pisces, spiritual healing and mentoring receive special support. Family healing, Jupiter in Cancer, and mentoring in the Hidden Mysteries, Saturn in Scorpio, also get extra juice. Now, the kite. All three Grand Trine planets are now linking up with Venus to form the kite. Under this aspect pattern, healing and mentoring focus easily into relationships, creativity, finances, and your values. With Venus and Taurus, you can support your personal healing by chilling out in nature, nurturing your five senses, and taking time to just be. There are three aspects involved in this kite that are exact today. A trine between Saturn and Chiron, a sextile between Venus and Chiron, and a Venus-Saturn opposition. The opposition could introduce some reality checks into your relationships, creativity, or finances. If so, examine whether a modified structure in the affected area can shore up the weakness that's been exposed. And let me give you the coordinates for those three aspects that are exact today that are part of this uh, Grand Trine Kite. Uh, Saturn Trine Chiron. Saturn's at 18 Scorpio. Chiron's at 18 Pisces. Venus Sextile Chiron. Venus 18 Taurus. Chiron 18 Pisces. And Venus opposed Saturn. Venus 18 Taurus. Saturn 18 Scorpio. On Saturday, June 14th, we open with Mars square Pluto. Mars, 13 Libra. Pluto, 13 Capricorn. Potentially volatile energies can peak under this aspect pattern. Keep your calm and avoid unnecessarily dangerous situations. But this potent aspect can also energize productive action, win-win sexuality, and assertiveness. The square can also stimulate powerful transformation in relationships and creativity. This Mars-Pluto square is not acting alone, as I mentioned at the top of the show. It is part of a waxing Mars-Uranus-Pluto T-square that peaks on June 19th and remains in force through July 3rd. It's rekindling the energy of revolutionary transformation that peaked with April's Cardinal Grand Cross. Today, here's Saturday, we also have a Moon-Pluto conjunction. 
and that's lining up around 9.45 a.m. So for a few hours either side of that, energy of transformation, death and rebirth, uh, psychological intensity, sacred sexuality are just a few of the ways that you can use that combination. And then we have a Venus-Neptune quintile. Venus, 20 Taurus, Neptune, 8 Pisces. Let your muse sing to you as Taurian Venus quintiles Neptune. This magical aspect can inspire creativity and foster divine connection between you and others. It can also help you be more sensitive to the living consciousness that pervades nature. On Sunday, June 15th, we open with a void moon at 2.36 a.m. If I haven't mentioned this lately, void moons are times when uh, it's best not to start major new projects or make major purchases. It's when the moon makes its last Ptolemaic aspect um, before it moves into the following sign. And that little no-man's land from last Ptolemaic aspect to next sign entry is where the moon is considered void. So we have the void mood starting at 2.36 a.m. It wraps up at 1.28 p.m. as the moon enters Aquarius. And the moon in Aquarius is a great time to be your unique one-of-a-kind self, to follow your intuitive flashes, and to serve the greater collective good. And finally, the kite I have talked about on this show with uh, Jupiter, Chiron, Saturn, Grand Trine, augmented by Venus, it peaks today here on Sunday, June 15th, and will wrap up on June 17th. And that's all the events for this week's forecast. Events we'll be covering on next week's show for the week of June 16th are that Mars, Uranus, Pluto, T-square hitting its peak. We'll be talking about um, a combination of Sun and Mercury events. Mercury is going to be entering Gemini, moving backwards. Um, Juno is going to enter Gemini. The Sun's going to conjunct Mercury. The Sun's going to come into Cancer. So there's a lot of action there at the border of Gemini and Cancer. Venus will sextile Jupiter. And we have another planet turning retrograde, Chiron. So be sure to join me on next week's show. As always, I'll be here to give you the best use of these marvelous astrological events. You can hear my weekly forecast every week on This Week in Astrology. But would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it pop into your inbox every week? How about occasional bonus articles on astrology, healing, spiritual awakening, and more? That's what you'll get with Astro Shaman's free weekly email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form near the top of the sidebar. And if you like to calculate your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? Astroshaman is an authorized dealer for Solar Fire Gold, which can also run on your Mac. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose Solar Fire Software from the drop-down menu a free weekly forecast newsletter, and the best available price on Solar Fire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. Not many announcements this week. Um, I want to remind you again that I am still seeking personal questions for live listener consultation segments. I don't have many left, so feel free to email your personal question to me at info at astroshaman.com. Again, uh, questions that are about a specific personal issue tend to uh, feel better for the show than those that are just about an astrological abstract idea. And you can certainly include both. I will be giving away a free session on next week's show, June 16th. So if in the past you have never before sent in your natal data, date, time, and city of birth, send it now. Info at astroshaman.com. Send it in once and 
You're eligible to win a free session every time the seasons change. Uh, I am still doing my weekly YouTube video forecast. I have no plans to discontinue that, so you can always see me uh, live. Well, not live, but you can see me, <laughs> the video, uh, doing the forecast there, as well as on this podcast. I do I redo a take, so sometimes I give a little bit different information in the video. Um, you're always welcome to join my Shamanic Awakening Meetup every Tuesday night from 7.30 to 9 that I do with my partner, Kimberly Crow. Next one is Tuesday, June 10th. Uh, free to join us on the conference call. Info and all that is on the homepage of astroshaman.com. No special events currently, but I have just lined a couple of things up, and within a week or two, I will be announcing specific events and specific dates later in the summer that I'm involved in. So, that's all the announcements. Our Part 1 listener chart features Hillary. This is the Hillary-born August 5, 1966, 5.14 p.m., Albany, New York. As always, I'm posting her chart at my blog, thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. And when you get down into the index of, you know, what happens when, you'll see that there's a link on her name, and you can click the link and see the transit chart I'm discussing. I always do this with Part 1 listener charts and live listener consultation charts. So you can always go to the blog and see what I'm talking about as you listen. And I picked Hillary's chart because I was looking for one that the uh, Grand Trine Kite was focusing in on. As the Grand Trine Kite peaks, Venus is around 21 degrees Taurus. And there is Hillary's north node of the moon at 21 Taurus. So after going through several charts, I found this one. I thought, ah, we haven't done a node hit in a while on the part one listener charts. Let's do that. So most of our time will actually be spent just analyzing Hillary's North Node, which is pretty complex. There's a lot of aspects to it and a lot of juice in it. So let's uh, begin by just giving you the overview of why we're doing it. The, um, the grand trine in question in the sky is um, Saturn, Chiron, Jupiter that I've been talking about. Um, and to be technical about it, um, Chiron is sextiling the North Node, so is Jupiter, and Saturn is opposing it in the Grand Trine configuration. The focal point is Venus, uh, temporarily forming a kite to that trine, um, and Venus is conjunct the north node in Hillary's chart. So that was the reason why I chose it. So let's focus just on the natal chart for a moment, uh, or two or three, and understand the nodal axis for Hillary. Hillary, your south node is Scorpio. Your north node is Taurus. So let's start just at that level. When we have a south node, Scorpio, north node, Taurus, we always interpret the south node a little bit uh, leaning toward, okay, what are the challenges here? Um, to have a south node in Scorpio means that you might be working with some of the issues that Scorpio can bring up. These can include excessive secretiveness, um, control issues, wanting to control everything around you. There can be um, some obsessive compulsive flavor to a south node in Scorpio. And... Um, you can, Scorpio is about going deep into the psyche, it's the psychologist's sign, and deep into the, you know, unprocessed material. And this can be a very good thing, and it's ultimately necessary if you're going to really grow as a person, but a south node in Scorpio can kind of get stuck there if you're not careful. So make sure you don't get so, you know, lost in the intensity and the transformation and the processing that you don't come up for air once in a while. That's what the Taurus North Node will offer an antidote for. Also, since the fundamental nature of Scorpio is just change, transformation, a south node in Scorpio can kind of get addicted to that, kind of akin to the processing addiction. 
So um, just make sure that you're not changing for the hell of it, for no good reason. Um, make sure that when you're moving in a transformational direction, it feels intuitively guided, and um, you can see that you know something is happening of positive. Don't just roil the waters just to have something roiling. Um, one one negative example also of a South Node Scorpio that's being a little more dysfunctional is I'm just creating all sorts of intense, strong emotions and a lot of crazy around me. Um, you know, roiling a lot of stuff up, but. It's just almost for the thrill of the roiling as opposed to actually getting some, you know, healthy processing done. Now, Hillary, just be clear, I'm not saying you've ever done any of these things yourself. These are just standard possible challenges of a south node in Scorpio. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, of course, the south node in Scorpio can also be your strengths. You know, the south node is not a bad place. Um, and the south node can represent the gifts and talents that you're here to serve others with. So... On the high side, you could be a powerful agent of change for people. You could be a psychologist. You could, um, you know, be sexually helpful. Um, you know, Scorpio can be the tantrika or the sexual healer. Um, Scorpio can be the detective or the investigator, the one who snoops things out and finds out things. Um, you know, Scorpio can be very passionate and strong. So there's all sorts of lovely Scorpio qualities, too, the south node embodies. But um, again, in our, our nodal context, we want to focus on are there more of the challenging things coming up that we need to resolve by moving to the Taurus North Node. So let's pop over there and have a look at that. North Node is the destiny point in the chart. It's not the only thing in the chart that says this is what you're here to do in a way the whole chart does that. But it is a point of emphasis for that. So the North Node says this is what you're here to grow into. It's probably a discomfort zone and you have to get used to doing this. Um, this is not something you've mastered in prior lives, and so it's one of the things you're here to nail down this lifetime. So Taurus is about um, just being. So one of the easiest ways to understand the polar opposite uh, nature of Scorpio and Taurus, these opposite signs that your nodes are in, is Scorpio wants change and Taurus wants stability. So, um, you know, if, if in fact you are a little bit addicted to change for its own sake, just, you know, for the intensity or the thrill of it. Tara says, you know, sometimes you need to just chill out and be. Just, you know, be in what you are. Be the peacefulness that you are. Just go sit in nature and just be in nature. Don't do anything. Just lay on the grass or sit and look around you at the beauty of the nature around you and just be. Um, there's also something about um, establishing consistency. You know, Taurus is the most stubborn sign of the zodiac. It likes to do the same thing in the same way over and over whereas the nature of Scorpio is to just keep changing it up. So to have the North Node in Taurus says, um, maybe you need to identify some areas in life that are better off maintained with consistency, where it doesn't change a lot, and have that be sort of a stable resting place for yourself. You know, both sides of this axis are necessary. You can't just be stagnant all the time where you calcify. No growth happens. But if you do nothing but growth, you can really get frazzled and crazy. So um, you can think of, yeah, I like growth, I like the transformation and the change, but I also need to allow myself a resting place once in a while. Might be an interesting way to think about that movement from Scorpio over to Taurus. Um, another way to think about it is occult manifestation. Um, so one of the things Scorpio rules is the occult arts, like astrology and numerology and tarot and runes. It can be where you are working mystically behind the scenes with law of attraction, perhaps, and, you know, holding the vision of what you want to come through. You're being a creator, as is all of our rights and 
you know, responsibility, really. So Tara says, hey, bring it into form. <laughs> so another way to think about South Node Scorpio, North Node Taurus is don't just hold the visions in your mind of what you want. Don't just um, see the change, you know, as an abstract. Tara says, make it real. Bring it into the physical world and drop it in. So those are some ways of thinking about the, uh, the axis just in terms of the Scorpio Taurus part of it. Now let's add the house. Uh, Hillary, your south node is in the 11th house in my porphyry house system. The north node is in the 5th. So let's talk about that house polarity. Um, in terms of sign energy, uh, the signs I'm about to name are not the signs on the cusp, but they are the natural signs of the houses. The 11th house always has an Aquarian flavor for everybody. The 5th house always has a Leo flavor. So in a way, what we're talking about is the movement from Aquarius to Leo when we add the houses, another layer of meaning to the nodes. And I always find it interesting to do Aquarius Leo because to me, they have some of the same stuff. Um, like Leo is the performer in the spotlight who you know wants to be noticed. And Aquarius is the one who's unique and different and tends to stand out as well. Um, one difference is um, Aquarius is more about the group. Um, and yet even Leo there is the performer in the spotlight, which implies there's an audience. So to me, uh, of all the axes of, you know, opposite signs, the Leo and Aquarius seem to have the most in common and seem a little more blended to me. So um, to move from Aquarius to Leo, one way of thinking about this is take your unique genius, the Aquarius flavor of the 11th house, and stand up and show it to the world. Leo, the performer in the spotlight. So one of the meanings of your house setup with your nodes, Hillary, is to, you know, take what's special about you and don't hide it. You know, don't get all scorpionic and say, this is my secret special talent. Say, yeah, I was given this for a reason. Uh, my talents were born in response to a need of the collective, and I'm actually here to share it with everybody. So if you have been hiding your light under a bushel, this suggests that you should go out and share it with folks. And you don't have to be the absolute master of it to do that. You just have to be good enough that what you're doing is helpful or entertaining or whatever it is. So that's one meaning of the 11th to the 5th house. Um, there's also a flavor of North Node in the 5th that says it should be fun. Leo is a fun sign. It's, it's the sign most associated with that quality. So um, as you go out into the world and do this manifestation, make sure you're enjoying it. Uh, now, this is not to imply the 11th house is not fun. That's not the polarity here. <laughs> the 11th house with groups of people can be a lot of fun and very energizing and stimulating. Um, but the 11th house also has the flavor, just to add a new layer, of the law of attraction that I mentioned earlier. The 11th house is the house of goals and dreams and wishes, and therefore law of attraction fits very nicely into that. And, you know, here we have, you know, a vision, a dream. Uh, even Neptune is conjunct your south node, Hillary. And um, Neptune is the planet of wishes and dreams and visions. So it's saying, yeah, you know, um, just use your occult power to visualize the dream. Start charging it up with energy. You know, use that law of attraction juju to start making it real in your mind. That's all very well supported by the 11th house. Maybe you're doing it not alone, but with a group. Maybe you're doing masterminding with a lot of people. And then bring it down into Taurus in the fifth. You know, bring it into manifestation. Have it be fun when it manifests. And be playful with it when it manifests. And there's a suggestion here that perhaps something about how you're manifesting it is uh, going to be putting you in the spotlight somehow. Which is okay. Um, uh, just, just for some peripheral uh, support, uh, Hillary, you do have the Sun and Mercury in Leo. <laughs> so there's a big part of you that does love to be in the spotlight anyway. 
and uh, there shouldn't be too much resistance uh, on that score. And you've got uh, three planets in the third house, including the moon, which is the house of communication. So I can see that there's other chart supports for what the nodes are talking about. So all I've really done so far at the core is I've done south node to north node, uh, Scorpio to Taurus, and then 11th house to 5th house. Um, let's go further, though, uh, with our focus on the north node, which is what we're moving toward for the ruler. So if the north node's in Taurus, then Venus is the ruling planet of your north node, Hillary. So let's go find Venus. Oh, look, there she's in a stellium, a cluster of planets over in Cancer. And you have a tight little trio there. You've got Mars, Venus, and Jupiter in Cancer, all within about three, to, uh, less than three degrees of each other. So that's a tight cluster, Mars, Venus, Jupiter. And it happens to be in your seventh house. So Venus herself is uh, most commonly referred to in reference to relationships. And she's in the relationship house. Venus and Mars are conjunct, another strong relationship signature. And we've even got Jupiter saying, and more of the same. <laughs> Let's amplify it even further. So as we add the setup of the North Node ruler to our interpretation, Hillary, we see, wow, relationships are a big deal here. Okay? So as you go out and you know shine your message into the world and have fun doing it, uh, to me this is suggesting you might be doing this in partnership. Maybe you and someone else are spreading this message. Or maybe your message is, is being spread to some extent one-on-one. -on -one which is the whole seventh house, one-on-one -on -one relationship, Venus-Mars partnership vibe. So that gives me a flavor of that. The Jupiter part can also represent hope and joy and optimism and expansion and exuberance and celebration. And so your, nor your north node ruler conjunct Jupiter uh, says that can be a part of it. You can have a great time doing all this. And, um, you know, that all combined with the north node being in the fifth house of Leonine fun just supports that message as well. Um, it's also good to look at aspects to the North Node. I'm not going to really bring Neptune in because he clearly is aligning down there with the South Node. But you have lots of planets aspecting your North Node, Hillary. There's quite a, quite a, uh, quite a setup there. You've got, um, let me just run the list here. There's a sextile from Chiron. There is um, the stellium I just talked about, Mars, Venus, Jupiter. They all sextile your North Node. Plus, you've got Pluto and Uranus tightly conjunct in your chart, born in 66, no wonder. They're trining your North Node. So we have a lot of energy, personal, mid, and outer, all coming into this North Node. And just to be um, very brief with the aspects, I'm going to focus more on the planets than the aspects themselves. Uh, the aspects are all soft anyway, so they all come in pretty easily. The Chiron sextile says maybe in somewhere in the mix here, you've got some healing or mentoring you're going to do. Uh, Venus, Mars, and Jupiter, nothing really to add there because I've already interpreted the North Node ruler Venus in that context, and the sextile just sort of reemphasizes what I already said about that. And then Pluto, Uranus, trying the North Node, says part of what you do will be here to bring revolutionary change somehow, not just to flow with the existing status quo, but as you bring forth your lovely message and you entertain people with it and um, bring your visions into reality you will bring positive revolutionary transformation. So Hillary, that's what I read into your North Node, just natally. So as we now add the transiting energy, the Grand Trine with Jupiter, Chiron, and Saturn, and then Venus uh, triggering the North Node itself by transit. She comes around there every year. Um, 
what we get is a final overlay as well. Right now, we've already seen there is some healing vibe in your in your North Node setup because of Chiron sextile the North Node natally. And now we have um, the, again, for me, the key feature of the Grand Trine itself is healing because Jupiter and Saturn are kind of just social planets. Uh, they sort of balance each other and energize in a smooth way. But Chiron is the one with the most distinctive flavor. It's definitely healing mentoring. So this says that that healing mentoring aspect of what you're here to do in the spotlight as you go out into the world is being accentuated nicely. And to have Venus as the trigger planet, you know, her natal meaning, her actual, I mean, natural meaning brings in here too. Maybe this is a time during these few days when you can do some of that one-on-one -on -one work and be a healing mentoring influence. So um, in terms of the range of possibilities of your nodal axis and all of its setup, and in terms of what's specifically being stimulated right now, I would say for the next few days, Hillary, um, around the time of this Grand Trine kite during that uh, you know six-day period or five-day period, um, great time to do mentoring and healing work one-on-one -on -one would be the simplest way I could express that. So I hope that's helpful for you, Hillary. And, um, and, and I mentioned, again, it's the kite I focused on, but again, there is long-term stimulation of the nodal axis by the Grand Trine. That's a two-month process that uh, has still a ways to go. So your general support for healing and mentoring overall, whether it's individuals or groups, is still supported as long as the Grand Trine's in effect, Hillary. So I hope that's helpful. And Hillary, I would love your feedback. Um, before I ask for that, though, let me just say I also hope that those of you who are listening to this Part 1 listener chart have learned something about how to interpret the nodal axis and, and, and perhaps you've gained some specific knowledge about the Scorpio-Taurus axis as well as the Leo-Aquarius axis that our houses represented. So Hillary, uh, I'd love your feedback on what I've said. You're welcome to email me, info at astroshaman.com and uh, tell me if this resonated for you and if so, how. I'd love to get your feedback. Uh, as an astrologer, you know, I don't care how many years I've been doing it, I always want that client feedback. I want to know, did I hit the nail on the head? You know, how was it helpful? If I missed, how was it off? So as an astrologer, you want to keep getting that feedback. You want to keep learning and never assume that you're at any particular level of mastery because however masterful you are, there's always new levels to get to. <laughs> so thanks again, Hillary, for sending your chart in. You remain eligible for a free one-hour session with me. We're going to actually draw that on next week's show. You're already in the pile, Hillary. But as a reminder, I've already said this in the announcements section, I believe. But any of y'all who have not yet sent in your natal data, uh, just email me, info at astroshaman.com, or go to astroshaman.com, the site, and click the contact button. You can get, get that way as well. And just send me your name, your date, time, and city of birth, and you're in the pile, and you stay in the pile forever, unless I change that policy somewhere down the road. I have no intention of doing so now. So uh, that'll put you in the drawing every three months when I do the free giveaways. So thanks again, Hillary, and this ends our Part 1 listener chart. I offer three main services at Astro Shaman, astrology, shamanic healing, and awakening activation. All are equally effective in person or long distance. Choose one or combine two or more services during your session. Astrology offers insights into soul purpose, career, relationships, spirituality, timing, relocation, and much more. In Awakening Activation Sessions, I help you immerse into your own awakened state using simple, powerful invocations, then teach you how to refresh it on your own. 
Shamanic healing can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, or mental issues and usually results in significantly enhanced divine consciousness. I also offer electional astrology to help you pick the perfect date and time for any important event. And be sure to check out my free services page where you can load up on free forecasts, podcasts, invocations, and music. Sliding scale payment is available by request. You can get a 20% discount during your birthday month and gift certificates are always available. I work with clients all around the world by phone and Skype. You get a free digital recording of your session and I accept PayPal and all major credit cards. Finally, my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. For more information or to set an appointment, visit astroshaman.com, email info at astroshaman.com, or call 828-338-9852. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. Just occurred to me, Father's Day is coming up on June 15th, and if your dad's the kind of person who would enjoy receiving a gift certificate for an astrology session or a shamanic healing session, then hey, buy one. <laughs> Astroshaman.com. Thanks so much for joining me on This Week in Astrology. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend or post or tweet about us or donate to support us at thisweekinastrology.com. You can link to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, where I post daily forecasts from thisweekinastrology.com and astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please do subscribe through iTunes and help us maintain our standing as the number one astrology podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2014 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every time the seasons change. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's this week's index. The overview begins at 1 minute 21 seconds, Monday, 3.01, Tuesday, 4.13, Wednesday, 4.49, Thursday, 5.57, Friday, 6.27, Saturday, 10.56, Sunday, 12.30, next week's transits, 13.30, announcements, 15.07, and our part one listener chart, 16.43. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.